it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. Bigfoot Society. This is your host, Jeremiah Byron. Every week I talk to different people in the cryptozoology field. You never know who's going to be on next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. All right, Bigfoot Society, we have the privilege of talking to Mr. Lyle Blackburn today. How's it going, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Looks like you've been a busy guy. I saw you going around filming with STM and... um doing some uh some dogman filming so that's pretty cool but we're here to talk specifically about your new book uh which uh is first off awesome uh third almost 3500 pages of texas bigfoot and man it, it's a it's a good one it's a good one but um let's let's start talking about that so the first thing i wanted to know and of course you know, before we get into it, I want to make sure people know Lyle, the name Lyle Blackburn is probably well known from my listenership. But in case there's someone where they haven't, you know, had the privilege yet, um, you've done many things like you've you've written many different cryptid focused books. You've been on different programs. Uh, you've been involved with different STM, small town monsters documentaries and uh, also uh, the band Ghoul Town, of course. Uh, great music there as well. Um, anything else that I that I need to tag in, Lyle? Or no, that's about it. All I mean, right, it's kind of uh, spread across the board of, of various media and contributions to cryptid research, I guess. So perfect. It, uh, started with the books, but I was lucky enough to become involved with Seth and Small Town Monsters and. Uh, you know, done various cool stuff over the years involved with uh, creatures, monsters, and music. And if you want to hear more about that stuff, I have a previous interview with Lyle, which is really good. And we really get into uh, things like uh, Ghoul Town and all that. But uh, your new book, Texas Bigfoot, Lyle. So first thing I want to ask you is, is – why was now the perfect time to come out with a book that is that goes over the full gamut of Bigfoot in Texas? Well, you know, I think it was almost inevitable that that I would want to do this book. And, you know, timing wise, um, things just always kind of feel right when they're going to fit in. And of course, you know, being from Texas and, and being around here, I mean, exposed to the subject of Bigfoot um, and in contact with witnesses and other investigators and groups, 
you know, I've slowly sort of just filed away, um, you, you know, organized files on what I think represents the best of, of, you know, the history of Bigfoot here in Texas and, you know, encounters. And, and so I've just slowly been kind of putting that away and, um, there just kind of came an opportunity, a spark, if you will. And that's usually where I just go with the thing. And, and my my buddy Craig Woolheater, who organizes Texas Bigfoot Conference mm-hmm. and does, you know, has investigated this in Texas longer than I have. Uh, he had mentioned about maybe we could, you know, he was going to do a Texas Bigfoot Museum and other stuff. And I thought, you know, there needs to be a book. Yeah. I mean, nobody's really encompass this, you know, I've written about it in other books or I've done presentations about it at conferences, libraries and stuff, but there, there was no book that sort of gave somebody the, the whole picture, the scope of, you know, the, the creature sightings in Texas of which a lot of people may not realize how much there is to Texas. You kind of think of Texas as, you know, cowboy landscape and all that. You do not think of it as a Bigfoot uh, hotspot. Uh, but in fact, you know, the, the state's heavily forested and, you know, we could talk more about the landscape, I suppose. But just in, in general, I, I thought, you know, there's so much to this and I, I'm, you know, I, crying out loud, I wear a cowboy hat. So, right. Um, yeah. I thought it, I should write this book. And then that sort of spark just led me to, OK, I've got all the files. I've got all the information. Let's just roll it out. That's cool. It, it, you know, you read through the book and. It is the book for Texas Bigfoot. There's no doubt about it. Like you set out to write that book and it is the book. There's a lot of really cool things that, you know, one thing is I didn't know that you had um, time that you spent before with Daryl Collier and um, Michael Mays. Um, You know, people might recognize them from like the book Valley of the Apes um, with the NAWAC. But of course, they're involved with with Texas Bigfoot as well. And I thought that was that was very cool. But um, another thing I want to point out is like, first off, you put a lot of really cool history in there. It's not all just recent stuff. Um, There's a lot of stuff I didn't know, like the Austin area ape things. Uh, That's a pretty cool story. That's what uh, and. You know, don't worry, I'm not going to give away the entire book because there's so much in there. But there are some things I want to pull out. So these historical records, were these things that you had to dig deep in the archives for? Like, how did you find out about like how in Austin there are these orangutan ape type Bigfoot things in like uh, what the late 1800s? That was pretty cool. Well, you know, fortunately for me, there's been. You know, a lot of guys, colleagues and friends that have gathered this stuff over time and it just becomes part of that just um, public documentation. Gotcha. Of it. So, you know, as opposed to having to go to every little small town and look through their newspapers, which you could, and you could probably find even more weird stuff. But, um, you know, over time, these things, you know, the newspaper reports have circled around and... Uh, you know, Craig had kind of gathered some together on his sure. original Bigfoot, uh, Texas Bigfoot Research Center website. So, you know, I had, over the years, like I said, I would just see something. Oh, yeah, there's a Texas report. It's an old one. There's a newspaper file. I would, you know, download it. And I've got my, 
you know, organized files on my computer and I would just file it away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those things, then when you go to write the book, then I've already got the, the files very well organized and I'm like, okay, now where's the old stuff. And, and like you say, that was the thing about doing a book like this. It's not just a about, well, here's, here's just encounter after encounter that happened in the last, you know, five years or anything like that, or, and it's not all about me. Like people say, well, is this, you know, why do you write this book? Is this about your experience? It's like, (laughs) no, this is sort of an investigative journalist approach of, let's look at the history. So you need that old stuff to kind of support that, you know, this isn't just a modern phenomenon that say people okay, start watching Finding Bigfoot and suddenly they start seeing Bigfoot in Texas. No, no, no. There was that history. And if you go back even to the 1800s, there's those weird newspaper reports that may or may not be Bigfoot, but what they're describing literally sounds like some kind of hairy man-like ape. So, you know, I just included all that to kind of give that complete, as much of a complete history as possible. Yeah, and I... I mean, I didn't even know there was a Davy Crockett story where, you know, he sees a, a Bigfoot or an ape man. That, that's I was like, I'm learning stuff here. This is great. But when um, so you have the book published, is there maybe a certain account that you were like, oh, I'm so glad that this gets to be shared now because of this book like that you ha- that hadn't been able to be shared before? Um. Yeah, there's there's definitely a few of those, um, you know, especially the ones where I can interview somebody first person, mm. um, you know, to kind of add to it. It's not just me pulling from everywhere. It's like right. it was interwoven in there where I anytime I could interview a witness and um, and it, uh, you know, now is part of the record and incorporated with the rest. But yeah, there was, you know, a guy named Billy Simmons who um, had been called by a friend who lived in a rural area in kind of Northeast Texas. And this guy was in a panic and he had heard some strange noises and looked outside and saw this upright hair covered ape-like creature trying to pull one of his hogs out yes. of the And that's in that section. I think I call it Apex. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Just sort of that idea that these creatures are sort of like the ultimate apex predator type of thing. And so it was a cool story just because that was kind of spooky. And so, he, so Billy goes over there and you know, his, his friends like, you know, it was over here is the pog pin and they could see like man, huge man, like footprints. And the guy was freaked out. And, uh, and, you know, Billy's trying to like, what is all this? Well, as they began to digest what had happened, um, they talked to a neighbor and the neighbor mentions that, well, over here, you know, in the past year or two, there's a, a guy who has a, uh, like a summer cabin over there and some kind of things were coming around the cabin and it was, you know, freaking him out and mm. they couldn't figure out what they were. Um, so when Billy, uh, calls, uh, some other guys and, and some, uh, guys from a university come out there and bring some, 
some students and they're all looking at these tracks going, we don't know what these things are. And they end up pouring a track casting. And so there's a great picture. I mean, Billy has the track, you know, it's a very good example of, of just all these things coming together with a siding, with supporting uh, neighbors talking about this, where you had a third party um, coming in to, to look at the tracks, they cast the tracks, all that lined up. And while, of course, we, we don't have any proof of the creature itself, there's at least that full support. So that was fun to just get stories like that where I could put them together, put the pictures in there, talk about everything that happened. And, you know, his, his report is kind of out there. It was kind of published by the Texas Bigfoot Research Center years ago. But it just doesn't have the whole scope, and you mm. you don't you can't just sit down. And here's the picture, the book. Here's the story. So it's fun to put those together in in sort of the way I lay out these books. It and that's just one of the the stories that are in there. There's a lot of really cool ones. Um, so it it doesn't just you know read like a dry textbook. Like you've got some like some good campfire stories in there as well. There's one I wanted to specifically ask you about because when I read it, I was like, this is the most wild thing I've ever – I've heard in a long time. Like it's up there with uh, – what's the deal with the Hugo's monster tale? <laughs> That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, dude. <laughs> and, that, and, and that for me was a surprising one where I ran across that sort of like a wild urban legend type thing. Uh, so as a kid – uh, I grew up going with my father hunting. My father is an avid bow hunter. And, you know, as far back as I can remember, like three years old, right. I mean, we were going hunting into the, to the hunting lease. And we hunted a lot in sort of central Texas along the Brazos River mm-hmm. in a place called Possum Kingdom, which is there's a Possum Kingdom lake and all this stuff. Not this, say, the squatchiest of looking places, but... Um, and, and at the time when I was a kid, I, first I had no idea there was Bigfoot sightings in Texas. And then I had no idea there was anything out there by Possum Kingdom. So, of course, over the years, I started to see that there were, you know, some reports out there. Sure. And one of the guys who played in, in my band, Ghoul Town, we were talking and he mentioned I was a Boy Scout out there. And we came across like footprints and handprints in which the counselors were just like freaked out. They couldn't explain. Wow. Um, and so in the book, I start putting together that area because I'm like, well, I got some good stuff. There's some reports. And, and I even had a fellow investigator friend who had had some experiences out there. So this makes for a good chapter. And mm-hmm. that's when I ran across this whole thing about this Hugo's monster, which was a story in that area that said that some sort of a, basically a, a mad doctor, a mad scientist sort of yeah. a guy had come from the north and moved of all places down here to Palapinto County and uh, had built this uh, home out on this hill. It's, it's called a sort of a mountain, but there's no mountains here. It's like a right you know, a high hill or something called, uh, and, and, you know, there's a cave and he was doing experiments and he brings in this, uh, imports this gorilla 
supposedly, and then he's trying to swap uh, brains with a kidnaps a, a woman, and there's this whole mad scientist thing, and then of course somehow this gorilla thing ends up getting loose and running off into the woods, right? Which is, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of preposterous, but it is interesting that in that same area over the years there have been sightings of Bigfoot-like creatures in a place where you wouldn't expect them. So I don't know if the if the story came first or or it's just coincidental yeah. or, or so this weird. was a way to explain those sightings. I don't know, but it's a it's an insane story. It's a great like I mean, man, what a piece of folklore story that yeah. is. And it's like the perfect Lyle Blackburn story because it combines like Bigfoot cryptids, but also with like your classic monster tales too. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing in his right. book for his book because it's a classic monster thing. Um, and, I, and I love those because, you know, when you're looking at these books, you know, I don't want to, I want to write it as a complete narrative that you can kind of pick up and read. You don't right. want to just put sighting after sighting after no. sighting, which is great, but it doesn't have that texture like, oh, well, here's this little tangent where there's this crazy uh, legend that's associated with this area that is, is a bit fantastical, but it gives, yeah, it gives you that sort of some campfire tales mm-hmm. and some texture to the book that keeps it interesting you know and then here's another very credible sighting and then here's a wild legend and you know that's what it's just really cool it's 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 really cool how you all you put that together there um the another part of the book i thought was interesting is a uh, uh, callisburg uh troll bridge sightings that's just weird so it and because mm-hmm. it's like this one old bridge, certain points in history, they all have like Bigfoot sightings around this area. I just thought that was the, the weirdest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they even preserved that bridge and it's moved from, from the river, but it, it's preserved. And it's, and even in that little Calisburg town, which is in Northeast Texas, um, you know, again, not the most squatchiest kind of a place, but even the locals, um, have sort of recognized that there was some cool tales involving that mm. bridge and sort of incorporated that into the history. And, you know, if you go up to these little towns, you know, most, uh, some of the old timers, they remember these things and they appreciate it and you can get people to talk about it, you know? And, um, yeah, Kalisburg was one where you, you just kind of go into this area. There, there's a few Bigfoot sightings, and then you find that there's some associated, um, almost folklore meets like older sightings that nobody considered to be Bigfoot. It's very interesting, you know. And I'm, you know, I'm not a Texas resident. I'm an outsider. But when you are able to see the whole state laid out. And you're like, man, there's some weird stuff going on in this state when you got you got all this Bigfoot stuff. And then you like I'll just shout like you got other stuff going on, like you got Texas Dogman Triangle, all that stuff. Texas is a weird state, but it's pretty, pretty cool. But I got I got to put you on the spot. Do you feel like there's a part of Texas that is the squatchiest or what do, what do you think? 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think when you get to the eastern portion, I mean, Texas, you know, like I said, it's kind of stereotyped to be uh, <clears throat> you know, ranches and John Wayne movie looking stuff. Right. Um, you go all the way from the very west, from El Paso, which is very arid and desert-like, to um, the central portion, which is a little more like prairies, rolling hills, a little bit more wide open, gullies, mesquite trees. And then when you get in the eastern third, it's very heavily forested in what's known as the piney woods. And these are thickets with huge hardwood pines um, that, you know, as you get closer to Louisiana, you've got swamps. I mean, you go down to the Gulf Coast region um, and you got this kind of uh, Gulf Coast, you know, the, the coastal areas that have a lot of water and, you know, swampy areas and woods. Um, so for sure, you know, over in that eastern portion, I'd say, especially along the Sabine River, and Sabine River is a very long river that basically uh, does the boundary between uh, Texas and Louisiana. Mm. And it's just, that is the hot spot. It's super squatchy. There really? are tails um, in along the thickets and along that Sabine River. Um, and, you know, I've been down there. I've canoed in that river and camped down there. And I mean, man, it's, it's a, it's just looks very Bigfoot, Bigfooty. I mean, even the mosquitoes are the worst on the planet. I mean, they're not, they're not only big, but there's thousands of them and they're just, they sure. don't care about deep or anything else. Oh, boy, it is yeah. just the most rugged kind of woods. And certainly that's where you're going to get the most, what I consider the most reports and the most credible. I mean, you know, you can, you can throw a rock down there and hit a witness that has a really good wow. story. Is there a, uh, yeah. any reports or uh, any stories that come to mind from that area about uh, Bigfoot encounters in the Sabine area that you might be able to share? Uh, yeah, there, there's several, um, there was even one, um, that I covered sort of latter part of the book where a woman reported what she thought was a burglar or something trying to get in her closed in back porch. And hmm. some police rep responded to that. Several officers went down there and, um, you know, of course, thinking this is a person and this was a woman who lived by herself, um, older woman and, you know, kind of a scary situation. And they, you know, they were looking around the house as they would and make sure everything's secure. And they went through and went out that back porch and they saw it had just been kind of destroyed, like an animal or something had got in there. And they saw this upright, dark, man-like thing silhouette run mm. towards the woods and i mean these are this was in a newspaper uh, i believe it was jasper county um they they weren't sure what this was and you know of course you know they 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 didn't really chase it off into the woods they they were kind of spooked themselves and they just kind of secured the area but they came back in and said well ma'am you know there's no one in the house you know we locked up the back porch they didn't want to tell her they just saw this oh, <laughs> man. bigfoot looking creature run oh, off in the boy. Woods. um 
So, you know, that was kind of scary. I mean, things trying to get into a house, presumably they had police involved. Um, and, you know, along the Sabine River, um, a friend of mine, Jeff Stewart, had a sighting back there in the 1980s in which he uh, came across a, it wasn't a very tall creature, but it was definitely an upright, hair-covered, Bigfoot-looking thing. And this was back in the 80s, and you just kind of didn't think of Bigfoot in Texas, you know, mm. further back you go. Um, you know, there's a there's a person I I kind of got to know through the encounter and stuff early on, but, you know, I've been friends with him for years. And, you know, that that's a solid encounter, and that's that's uh, that goes along. There's another person I've interviewed and gotten to know that had a very up-close and personal, lengthy uh, standoff with a Sasquatch near Jefferson, Texas. Oh, sure, Jefferson yeah. is yeah. way over on the east, a little on the north end of the Sabine area. Um, you know, very, very spooky. And, you know, these are first-person people telling their story and people that I've gotten to know that I 100% believe they saw something that we simply can't explain. Oh, man. And, I mean, it's... If if you like all the stuff that Lyle's been talking about the the Sabine area the Jefferson area like he covers all of it in in the book and it's it is uh, fantastic and I love how there's a a big chapter on the uh, Lake Worth uh, monster as well uh, I mean I really enjoyed your podcast episode on that that is just like that's one of my favorite episodes of uh, Cryptid Podcasts of the year um, so definitely you know. I have that linked in the show notes on uh, uh, Monstro Bizarro, right? Right. So, uh, it's a good podcast, Lyle. It's, I mean, any one of those episodes could literally be a book in itself, I think. So, yeah, that's, you put I mean, your sometimes I'm pulling, you know, from things I've written about, but it's a way to put it in a different format and to kind of expand on it. And right. the Lake Worth Monster is a fun one because I grew up um, in the Fort Worth, Dallas area. Um, my family's from Fort Worth and Lake Worth is uh, sort of northeast of Fort Worth. It was out in the sort of out in the middle of the woods at, back in 1969 when people began reporting this white haired creature that was literally attacking people. Mm. And there were sightings of it that uh, in one case, about 30 people or more saw this thing run up on a ridge and throw a tire. And these were covered in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram yeah. newspaper. So that was one. Now, I didn't know about it when I was little because, it, you know, I just it, I was not, I was too young. But um, but it's close to home. And so I'm, over the years, I've gathered more and more information, not just what yep. was in the newspapers, but I've met people that were there at the time, um, literally. And so I've added that into the book. And, of course, in the Texas book, I've got a huge section on it because there's a lot of stuff that went on um over the years in lake worth so it, it was fun and, and nice to put all that together in one place that that kind of makes sense in, in the scope of you know uh, in the scope of this there you, entire there you go. um where the lake worth monster story if you want the the full thing there it is. It's in there. Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. Thank you so much, Lyle, for coming on and chatting about uh Texas Bigfoot. Uh 
can uh, before before we go, can you maybe do uh, uh, remind people how they can keep up to what you're up to? And maybe um, are there any places you're going to where people can meet you at uh, upcoming f- festivals or anything? Well, uh, so the best place to find out information is LyleBlackburn.com. Okay. And you can, or you can sign up for the email list and that's got all the links to everything I've done um, and where to find the, the books, the movies, the music. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, of course, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I will be, the next event I have coming up is the Texas Bigfoot Conference, which is October 14th through 16th oh, wow. in Jefferson, Texas, um, the Bigfoot capital of Texas. And uh, that's always a fun one each year to get together with friends and colleagues and and uh, do a presentation. Of course, this year I'm going to do, well, sort of yet another presentation on Texas Bigfoot. Uh, beyond nice. that, I'll be at the Leesville, Louisiana Library on November 14th. Okay. And uh, that, that kind of wraps up. It's been a, there's been a lot of events this year, but that that's kind of the wrap up for uh, 2022. So I can then have some downtime or love it. Do some band gigs. Yeah. Do some band. That'd be cool. Um, again, Lyle, thank you so much for, for coming on. Always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, have a good one. Sir. Absolutely. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company.